What's up, guys? It's Luke. I hope you get a lot out of this awesome message. Happy Easter, guys. Thank you. Let's try this out. He is risen. Yes. Music to my ears. A few of us. Try one more time. He is risen. Well, he's risen indeed. When I was a kid, that was like the thing. You went up to some dude at church, and you're like, hey, he's risen, brother. And they'd be like, he's risen indeed. But anyways, um, you know, we'll try again next year. There's always next year. But uh, welcome. Um, For anybody who's new, my name is Aaron. I'm the youth pastor, and uh, it's great to have you today. And this is uh, my third message today. So it might get weird, okay? My brain is kind of jello right now. So we'll see how this goes. But it's going to, I think it's going to be good. But the title of the talk today is Not Even Death. Not Even Death. Um, Let's pray one more time uh, because I need it. So Lord, we just invite you right now, Lord. Invite you to speak to us through your word. Invite you to, Lord, show us your realness. Lord, that you, you're not just a, a thought, an idea, Lord, you are real. The resurrection is real. We can trust that Jesus died and rose from the, gra- from the grave. And Lord, we just ask today that you would change us, mold us, and show us your love today. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Well, it is Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, and uh, we are talking today about hope. Everyone say hope. We're talking about hope today. And um, I'm going to tell you a story really quick, and this is one of those let's laugh at Pastor Aaron's pain and misery kind of stories. Is that okay? Can I tell you that kind of story? Okay, great. So when I was in seventh grade, um, I was pretty awkward, not going to lie, like most of us when we're in seventh grade. So, uh, and if you're in seventh grade and you're like, I'm not awkward, you're probably awkward. But anyways, we had just moved from Danville to a new school. You're pointing at your friends. That's great. Uh, I, we had just moved uh, from Danville to a town called Murrieta in Southern California. Brand new place, brand new school, brand new church, brand new youth group, everything. New nobody. And like I said, I'm an awkward 13-year-old at the time. Uh, didn't really know who I was. And so I started playing football. And one thing that we needed to do to be on the football team was you had to shave your head, okay? And, hey, some people can pull off having the buzz cut. I just looked like Caillou, okay, when I had a buzz cut, all right? So it just wasn't a good look, right? So I'm at a new school, buzzed head, little bald chubby kid, okay? And I'm just, like, hoping for the best, right? And, I'm at the, like I said, I'm at this new school, so I'm like, okay, how can I get in with the popular kids? How can I get in with the in crowd, right? Like, how can I be cool? How can I, like, have a good reputation? How can I get popular? Oh, I know. I'll get a girlfriend. That'll make me cool, right? So in my seventh grade logic, I'm like, who's the most popular girl in school? That was an up. Just gonna spoil, like, spoil this for you. I was not the most popular kid in my new school, okay? Because nobody knew me, and I was weird. So, I was like, who's the most popular girl? Okay, her name was Tiffany. Everyone say Tiffany. Okay, Tiffany was nothing wrong with her. This story is not about her. She didn't really do anything wrong. She's nice, pretty, smart, whatever, the whole thing. And she was like pretty popular and everybody liked her. I'm like, okay, if I can get Tiffany to be my girlfriend, girlfriend, if I can get Tiffany to be my girlfriend, then like my life is just gonna be set. And I'm just sitting there. I'm hoping, I'm praying for like weeks. I'm like, okay, working up the courage to ask her out. I don't, like I wasn't even allowed to date. So like asking her out would have been like, hey, do you wanna text more often? Like that kind of thing. That's like what dating is. But I'm like hoping just with with every ounce of my being, I'm like, oh man, I just, if, if I can get Tiffany to be my girlfriend, my life's gonna be sweet and awesome. So one day, Finally work up the courage. I'm talking to my buddies, and I'm like, guys, I think she likes me. They're like, bro, she doesn't like you. I'm like, no, I really think she does, guys. 
And I'm over with my guys. She's over with her gal pals, and we're all talking. And, you know, they send me over to her. They send her over to me. And we're standing there, and I'm like, what's up, Tiffany? Like, that kind of thing, like, trying to be all weird. And I'm in seventh grade, so I lower my voice. I'm like, what's up, Tiffany? Like, that kind of thing. And uh, she's like, hey, Aaron, what's up? And I was like, so, um, yeah, like, you, uh, you want to be my girlfriend? And family, I'm literally not joking. She goes, no, and she turns around to back to me and walks back to her friends. That's stone cold, okay? You, she shattered a 13-year-old boy in that moment. I was absolutely destroyed, okay? I was rejected. And I could get into the message, but there's a little bit more to that story that just makes it even funnier if you want to hear it. It has nothing to do with my message. Would you like to hear the rest of the story? Okay, I will tell you the rest. She makes it even worse, okay? She comes back to me like five minutes later. She goes, so like, I'm sorry that like I won't be your girlfriend, but Genevieve will. And I'm like, what's a Genevieve? <laughs> She's like, this is my friend Genevieve. She'll be your girlfriend. I'm like, I don't know this girl. She comes over to me. This is middle school, just summed up in a statement, okay? This girl comes over to me. She's like, so I'm your girlfriend now. And I was like, I don't know you. And like the dating thing, we basically, we just texted over the weekend. And then Monday morning we broke up because I walked up to her and I was like, yeah, so I don't know you. <laughs> and that was the relationship. Anyways, that has nothing to do with the message. But why do I share that story about being rejected by my school crush? Okay. There's a reason for it. And we all love to laugh at Pastor Aaron's pain and misery and trauma. Okay. But there's a reason for it. Because I'm at a new place and a new school, new people and everything, and I put all my eggs in this basket of, okay, if I could just get this girlfriend, then things are going to be okay. And I put my hope, so to speak, in that one thing. And what happened when it didn't happen? It made me more insecure and left me more hopeless, honestly. It left me, in the short term, just chasing different girls, and, which was just not wise. But why do I share that? It's because every single person puts their hope in something and what they put it in determines what their life and eternity looks like. The thing that you put your hope in and your trust in, it determines what your life is going to look like and what your eternity will look like. And we'll get back to talking about hope in a second, but this past weekend on last Sunday, we talked about Palm Sunday, Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And then we continued on to the cross of Good Friday on Friday night, if you were with us, it was a powerful service. Luke preached an amazing message. And then yesterday morning, a few of us high schoolers, we gathered in here and we watched the Passion of the Christ and it was heavy and it was tough, but it was powerful. But why does the resurrection matter? For a lot of us, if we call ourselves Christians, we understand, okay, I get Friday. I understand Jesus needed to die for my sin. I get that. I understand he needed, like, I've sinned, I've fallen short, and Jesus paid the price for my sin. I, checks out, I got it. But for a lot of us, we're confused as to why Sunday matters. Why does Easter Sunday, why does Resurrection Sunday matter? Why did Jesus need to raise from the dead? Why couldn't he have just died for my sins and that's good and it's, it, like, end of story? There's a lot to it. We could break it down, but I want to share this. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, 14. If Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Paul makes it clear. You cannot claim to be a Christian and deny the resurrection. The two go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. And there's a lot of people that try to say like, well, you know, Jesus died and then like he had like a symbolic resurrection or it was just like a ghost, spooky Jesus. No, he had a bodily resurrection. And if we deny that, we're denying the faith. Paul says, 
If you, if, if you deny the resurrection, he says, um, if Christ is not risen, our preaching is empty and our faith is also empty. Jesus did some amazing things and made some big statements in his ministry on earth. He raised people from the dead. He opened the ears of the deaf. He opened the eyes of the blind. He walked on water. Countless miracles and amazing sermons. Just read Matthew 5, 6, 7. This amazing person, he made these massive claims about himself, claiming to be the Messiah, the anointed one, Christ. Claiming, claimed to be equal with God. He literally said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's a big statement to make. So what did Jesus do? He did something that no one else could do to validate his actions and his words. He died, but then he rose from the grave. And I say it this way, his death shows us that he's fully human, but his resurrection shows that he's fully God. We can relate even to Jesus even deeper in his death because he's human like we're human. But his resurrection shows that he's fully God. He has authority even over death itself. Not even death can stop what God has set in motion. John 10, verse 17, Jesus says, the father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also take it up again for this is what my father has commanded. So what does that mean? Actually, by the way, a lot of people sometimes use this language of like, well, Jesus was murdered by the system or whatever they want to say. Jesus was killed, yes, but he did it sacrificially. He laid down his life. The Bible says that it was for the joy set before him he endured the cross. He had a decision. It was in the garden of Gethsemane. It was in the garden where Jesus submitted to the Father's will and said, yes, I will do it. I will pay the price. But what does that all mean for us? I understand him dying for my sin, but why does that matter that he rose again? What does that mean? Well, it means that we have hope. We have hope, hope in a dark world, hope in a godless culture, hope in the midst of sickness and chaos and pandemics and anxiety and stress and bullies and uncertainty. There is hope. And today I want to tell you that the hope found in Jesus is sure, it is lasting, and it is living but number one, this hope is sure. Romans 5.5 5 says, and this hope will not lead to disappointment. Hebrews 6.19, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. If this was a different day and different message, I would talk about how this hope found in Christ leads us into deeper intimacy and knowledge of who God is. It says that leads us through the curtain in God's inner sanctuary, but this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. What does an anchor do? It keeps a ship in its place, even in the storms and the rough waters in the ocean or in the sea. So when, when we think of hope, typically, we think of it in, in this way. Manuel, I hope I passed chemistry this year because I don't want to repeat it for a third time. I hope that I pass this test. I hope that it works out with my family. I hope my parents don't get a divorce. I hope that I stop feeling lonely. I hope that I finally make friends. This is how we usually think of hope. But in the Bible, biblical hope leaves no room for doubt. 
In fact, the Greek word that's used for hope in the New Testament more often than not, if I could sum up the word that's used, it would literally say, it leaves no room for doubt. There's no doubt about it. The hope found in Christ is sure, it's unwavering, it's dependable. Because this life is uncertain, relationships are uncertain, sports is uncertain. I'm gonna talk about that in a second. But the hope found in Christ is sure, it's solid. It means I trust that God is in control, even over death. When I was a little kid, my dad would read me this book, and I brought it this morning. It's called My Father Can Fix Anything. It's a really, really old book. Uh, It's a cool story how I got this copy, but this book basically, it tells a story of a father and son, obviously, and the car, their family car breaks down, and the, the dad needs to go and fix it, but all these things keep happening to the neighbors. The sink's backed up. The refrigerator's not working. Something else breaks, and the son runs into the room, and he goes, no, it's okay, it's okay. My father can fix anything. My dad used to read me this story. I'm excited to read my son this story. But I believe this is the kind of hope that we have in Christ, that he's sure, he's solid, he's dependable, that my Father in heaven can fix anything. The empty tomb is proof that this hope is sure. Why? Because not even death can stop what he wants to do. He won't fail. He can't fail. You know there's things that God can't do? He can't tell a lie. God can't sin. He can't fail. It's not in his nature. Every word, every promise that he speaks must come to fruition because he cannot fail. It is against his nature. That is the God that we serve. We put our hope in. Luke 6, 47. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching and follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. This hope is sure. But it's not just sure, this hope is lasting. Romans 15, 4 says, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. The scripture gives us hope and encouragement. How many of you need hope in this dark world, in school and in uncertainty and in temptation and the things that are bombarding you every single day and the fear and the news and politics and this person and what's gonna happen with China and oh my gosh. And we need hope to cling to, but we often settle for counterfeit. But the things of this life will fade away, but the hope of Christ is lasting. If you were to ask me when I was 17, eight, Aaron, what does your future look like? I would tell you, without a doubt, no doubt in my mind, I'm gonna be a professional golfer. I would have told you that 100%, and I would have believed it. That's, that's my future. But guess what? One broken back injury, and that dream quickly vaporized. But I put so much time and energy, and all my future was built around the hope that I'd make the PGA Tour, and when it didn't last, where did that leave me? Empty. And hopeless. I'm not that old. I'm only 26. I've been following Jesus for about 14 years. But I can tell you this. He's never left me. When a relationship didn't work out in high school, he didn't leave me. When 
playing college golf. My dream didn't work out. He was with me. My family was really struggling financially, middle school, through middle school and high school, even into my young adulthood. He provided. Over time, over the years, for my parents, over the decades, for family of mine, for our pastors, for those who are older, over time, this hope is lasting. It's tested. It's true time after time. I want to hope like that. I want to cling to something that's not going to fade away with the seasons. That's not just going to disappear and wither over time. This hope is lasting. It's sure. It's lasting. And this hope is living. 1 Peter 1.3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth in a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. It's a living hope. Not even death. Not even death can stop what God had set in motion to do. I I would imagine on Good Friday... At the cross at Calvary, Jesus is up on the cross and he's struggling, about to breathe his last. There's John and his mother Mary, Jesus' mother Mary, and some Roman soldiers and maybe a few other people scattered around the cross and they're just waiting for Jesus to die. And the moment comes and he says, to telestai, it is finished. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he breathes his last I wonder if they were thinking, those looking at him on the cross, I wonder if they were thinking, well, it's cool while it lasted. Saw him do some cool stuff. Walked on water, that was dope. Healed a bunch of people. Man, his messages were so good, but I guess it's over. But not even the power and the sting of death can keep him down. That is why he is a solid hope that we can cling to. Yes, because of who he is and what he did and his miracles and all that stuff, but it's that not even the end can stop what he's begun. Not even what we would say is the end of all things, death itself. He said, I have authority even over that. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a sure foundation, a hope that I can cling to. Because it's not true hope if it stays in the grave. You are more than welcome to fear anything that Jesus doesn't have authority over. But you're not going to find it. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He is the chief cornerstone, the first and the last. All things are under his feet. So we put our hope not in this fleeting world, fractured futures, broken people, and worthless possessions, but rather in Christ who bore the weight of our sin on his shoulders on the cross and defeated even death itself. He won, which means we win. He won. And you're like, Pastor, what, what, did, what did he win? What, I don't understand. What's the game? What are we playing? It's not a game. He won a battle. And the battle 
was for your life, your soul. The story of it all, from Genesis to Revelation, is the story of God getting to you. Desperately desiring relationship with you. And the key, the linchpin, the thing that unlocked it all was Jesus' death and resurrection. His authority over all things. And this morning, I'm gonna give an invitation in a second here when we pray for you to put your hope in that sure and lasting and living hope in Jesus. For a lot of us, we've been walking with God and it's awesome and we're coming here to the Rock Youth and growing in our faith and doing the best we can and walking with God. But maybe there's a few of us this morning who have said, I need that hope that you're talking about. Because right now I just feel like I'm doing the best I can and it's not really getting me very far. Some of us have just been trying to make it work for ourselves. Just trying to do the best we can, figure it out. But the hope that's in Jesus is a sure foundation. That in this chaos of life, what did it say? It's that it's an anchor for our souls in the wind and in the waves and in the calm and the peaceful. I have hope in him. And that hope is sure. Why? Because the tomb is empty. That not even death can separate me from him and him from me. So Jesus, we pray this morning. And we thank you that you are a sure foundation for us. Maybe there's some of us in this room who have said, I've never put my trust and my hope in Jesus before. The message of the gospel is simple. It's that we are sinners and we've missed the mark. But Jesus took the price on himself, died on the cross, and then he beat even death itself in the grave. This morning, if you've never received Jesus, in a second I'm gonna count down from three, and if you wanna give your life to Jesus this morning and say, I need that hope. I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand here in a second. But if that's you and everybody's eyes closed and head bound, no, head bowed, nobody's looking around. If you wanna give your life to Jesus this morning, you say, that's me. I'm a sinner. I need to receive him. I need that hope. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand in three, two, one. Nobody's looking around. Just a few of us, raise your hand if you wanna receive Jesus this morning. Couple more seconds. Put your hands down. Father, thank you for the three or four of us this morning, God, that have said, I need that hope found in the empty tomb. If you raise your hand, just pray something like this. Jesus, I confess that I've sinned and missed the mark. but I put my trust in you that you died on the cross for me and you beat death in the grave. 
Father, I give my life to you this day. I'm committing to follow you. Jesus, we thank you for anybody who prayed that prayer. And Lord, would this not just be a temporary fleeting moment where we pray a prayer one time and just hope that it sticks, but God, would this be a a 180, a life change, a shift for some of us that we would begin to walk and stride with Jesus every day. We love you, Lord. Amen. And I'm going to invite you to stand up in a second here. We're going to close in worship together. If you just want to stand, because we're going to close in worship. As we close, I just want to admonish us, encourage us. As we sing this last song, reflect On Good Friday, we reflected on our sin. We reflected on the fact that we're broken without God and Jesus died on the cross for us. But right now, I want you to reflect on the victory that's won. What this Resurrection Sunday represents, that nothing can keep Jesus in the grave. And and that the same spirit who raised Jesus from the the dead dwells in the hearts of his followers. Let's worship him because he's worthy of it. Amen. That was such a great message. If you are interested in connecting with us, please check out our website at theroxyacom slash youth or text The Rock Youth MS or The Rock Youth HS to 33222 for texting updates on everything we have going on here at The Rock Youth or follow us on Instagram at The Rock Church YTH. We'll see you guys next time.